Hello, my name is DVXAPPL, and today I'm going to be reviewing Gangstalkers by Rusty Cage, Volume 4. I'll play a 30 second or less clip of each song, and then talk about it for a second. So that's the plan, so let's get right into this. This song, Gangstalkers, is, like most of Rusty Cage's music, ha it, it's, it follows the same sort of pattern that most of his music follows, which is it has a dark undertone in the back, which is obviously that he's hiring people, in particular one person, which is a hired gun, as it says in the song, so which is obviously a hitman, to kill his wife who has been cheating on him. That's obviously a dark undertone for this specific song. This specific song has an extremely catchy tune to it, and is like very, very good. For the first part of the album, you can obviously see how much this album is going to be, how good it's going to be just from the first bit. Straight from the first taster, you see how amazing this album could possibly be. The Grave, that song, it's also extremely catchy, but the dark undertone is hidden, more or less. It's about someone who is obviously fearful of death. And obviously, they feel like they know when they're going to die. And that when they know when they die, that they've obviously done something wrong to have caused that. For instance, something to do with bad karma or something. This song is probably the most sounds uplifting in the entire album. This song has probably the highest and, I don't know, the most catchy rhythm, I guess. It's 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 really, really good. And I, I keep I feel like I keep saying that it's really really good, but it this song is also just really it's it's brilliant really because it it has this dark undertone that hides under all of this catchy music and sort of highlight and blue skies and it, it's really good. If all shall fail is also brilliant in its own way. It has this amazing catchy line, which is, Good God, are you feeling the same way? And it comes with this chorus, which is, I would do it for her if she'd do it for me. And it, it's obviously about trust, but with this one, it's more just interesting, and it's really good. I, in particular, like how that line, you know, it just it's, it's so good. And I just think there's not much to say about this song. Um, obviously all the songs have some sort of dark undertone to do with it. Uh, I feel like this one is more to do with trust, but I'm not so sure about this one. It's a bit weird because I feel like it's about belief of God or trust or something like that. But I don't know, but this in particular song is, if all shall fail, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's brilliant in its own way. Unlike the last one and the one before, which had its brilliance in show in different ways, this one shows it in a different light. That doesn't just prove that Rusty Cage can make... So it shows that he can be a jack-of-all-trades, and it, you know, it's, it's good music. This Place is probably the most country song in the entire album. Uh, it lacks in the dark undertone in this one, at least it's confusing and can really muddle you up. But I think the dark undertone is obviously shines in the second, the second part, I guess the second verse maybe. Um, 
yeah, the second verse probably where it talks about sort of parenting, bad parenting, you know, being beaten, I guess, child abuse. I guess that's sort of the dark undertone, but it's very little, it's only a couple of lines maybe. Um but yeah, the you know, if if anything, this this song sort of it's it's not only catchy but it feels like it makes sense or at least you can sort of resonate and understand what is happening here that you know it wouldn't even you didn't ha- you wouldn't always have to go oh yeah but when you get to a certain part in the album again and again you can always go oh here here we go this is this place all right you know what you know what you're expecting when you when the song comes on because you know it from the the first bit and i don't know it just always seems to stick out in the whole album to me like this and the, the grave, they, they, those two songs always seem to stick out in the album because I feel like they're quite a lot different from the other ones. And to be honest with you, I kind of like that. I'll come back to New Orleans. Has a it, the the dark undertone in this one sticks out, unlike any of the other ones. It's quite obviously um, a man who has fallen in love with a stripper, and um, you can s- tell from the song that he seems to love this stripper, but sh- she does not love him. Uh, and he's never he he just knows that she's a stripper, but obviously he's he, that uh, throughout the entire song, you're obviously thinking that that's the reason that they met or whatever. But in reality, he at the end says, "And I never even saw her dance." Which is obviously, it's it's strange, which shows, really shows how much she did not love him. And this song, unlike any of the other ones, he and he still feels this connection with this woman. That he wants to come back to New Orleans. It's just a very interesting song again. Uh, I like this song, but it's probably my least favourite in the album. Uh, I don't know why. I just don't seem to like this one as much as any of the others. Um, at the moment, my favourite one in the album has got to be um, The Great Voyage of Essex. But um, I'll talk about that when we get to that. The Hearst Song. The Hearst Song originated from a song that was sung during the war. Um... It's obviously, because it literally spells it out for you, the song is about decay and rot, and that if you laugh when um, a hearse goes by, which is one of those cars which carries um, a coffin, then you will experience your own decay, um, and worms and maggots eating away at your body once you're buried. Um, that is literally the song. It quite literally describes it to you. Uh, and it's actually a really good song. The Final Voyage of Walder's Essex. Now, this song is about cannibalism and a loss of humanity. Um, in Sailors, when obviously they need to cross the Pacific and they obviously didn't you know, know how much food they'd need, and so six people, 
and they throw papers into a bottle and they all pick out one and one of them you know is chosen to be eaten basically that's what it basically is um to basically but it it has this sort of low beat for a while and then it hits up for a second and that's like really good it works really well um I don't know, it's just something about the whole idea of the sailing part of it. I don't know, and when you think about it, the way it works is, is really good. You know, you've got to think about how Rusty must have come up with all of these ideas. Because it is truly amazing. It, it, they're literally fabulous ideas, and I don't know. There's, it, It's like he thought it all out perfectly, as if it was some mastermind plan. And then put it together, and you know, I I clearly wouldn't be making a review on it if I didn't think it was at least worthy of a review. I mean, I I clearly think this album is extraordinary. So I don't know this in particular song, which at the moment is my favourite, uh, deserves you know a round of applause, really. So. I know it's just a very so it's 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 a really good song. I really like how it goes down and up all the time, and how it just works. And there's nothing it just feels like it's perfected. Um, and that's why I like this song probably the most out of the entire album at the moment, just because I feel like it's perfected. Write me a letter. This is the eighth song in the album. Now. This song is about probably a prison person, a prison inmate, and they have, they obviously keep writing to their mother and their brother and their friends, and no one responds. He's being completely ignored. They won't bail him out. It's been over a year since he's heard from anyone, and that's a dark undertone. And um, he just keeps begging them to write him a letter and give him a call, um, but no one ever does. And uh, that's the song. And it's strange, but golly, is it good. Now, I keep on walking as another strange one because this one doesn't really have a dark undertone. Now, this one is really positive in most of the time. I mean, it goes on about, you know, revenge at parts and. It goes on a tangent about, you know, what we put in the ground is what we must do and we must reap what we sow and all that. But, I don't know, I can't really say anything negative about this. But, it's a good song and I feel like it obviously doesn't, there's nothing to highlight in it, but it's, it's, it's probably the most positive song in the album. Uh, it has the least negativity in it. But, you know, that that's what Rusty Cage's, you know, his music's really good for. Um, I still really like this song. Um, I just feel like it lacks in the dark undertone, which most of his music has. And I don't feel like either, I don't see it or it's not there. But I don't know where, or I can't seem to find the dark undertone for this one. Um, yeah. There isn't any God is a song from his second album that he sort of revived and uh, re obviously 
you know, he re-sang it, he re-published it in a new find-up version. It's really nice to hear it in that more high-quality way. Um, I also always like this song. Um, it's a really good song, you know. And, th again, it's one of those songs where the dark undertone is quite literally punching you in the face. You know, it's it's telling you to think that, you know, there isn't any God and when you die you're just dead. And heaven's just a fairy tale to put you to bed. And that if you think that you're wrong, just close your eyes and remember the song. Um, I don't know, it's just... That's like the quite obvious dark undertone and that nothing matters, you know. Money doesn't matter, love doesn't matter, loss don't matter because you die in the end. You know, that's the whole idea. And that's why this song, unlike any of the others, or very much like only the others, is also, you know, just great. Um, but I wanted to make a final conclusion for the entire album. Now, I'm giving the album a 9 out of 10. It's like, it's an amazing album. I'd love to give it, like, higher, but I just, I don't feel like it's perfect, you know? But I really like it. It's, it's almost perfect. You know, it's, it, you can't, it's really difficult to make perfect music. Uh, it's, it's, it's nearly impossible, actually. Um, because from talking to people, my sister, my friends, they all think, you know, the sound quality is a little less, and that, you know, it's just, they just think, they don't really get it, you know. I think it's that, but at the same time, I, I don't want to just say, you know, I think this is a great 10 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, because I, I really like it, but I feel like it's just off perfect. I've still bought the physical copy, and, you know, I really think that this, it hasn't arrived yet, because I live in England, but I still think that this is, you know, his best work so far. Uh, and obviously I've listened to Crowley for a long time, and I've, I don't know, I didn't think he was going to ever make a fourth album, so I was really happy to see this album, and uh, I don't know, I'm really thankful for it, because it's a really good album, and um, it deserves all the attention it's getting, you know. It's a really good album. Um, you know, go buy it at bannycamp.com, you know do that but yeah I think the album's really good so yeah <laughs>